Hello, everyone. I hope this message finds you well. Don't worry, we'll get into the podcast in just a moment. But first, I'd like to ask a big favor of all of you, and that's to make sure to like us, to follow us on social media at Motley Experience, M O T L E Y X P E R I E N C E, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, follow us, like us, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, um, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this to Luminary, we're on a whole bunch of places. If you can, please also leave a review, uh, specifically on Apple Podcast. It really helps us with the charts and getting found. And don't forget to use the hashtag Stuff Explained. And now on to the show. Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marousas, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. Welcome to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. If you didn't get that from the intro, just letting you know. This episode is going to be the final Christmas-themed episode of this season. We did one on growing up. That was a big idea. We followed that up with the history of Santa Claus. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did in making it. And this episode, we're going into the nitty-gritty. We're going into the big one, the history of Christmas. We might think that we are following age-old Christmas traditions when we set up the tree, listen to carols, and exchange presents, but these holiday traditions are actually fairly new. Before we get into the traditions, though, let's talk about the real origins of Christmas. But to do this, we need to take a trip back in time, far back in time. In the Neolithic period, the time around December 21st was very important to people living in Europe. It marked the midwinter solstice, or the shortest day of the year. To them, this meant that the worst of the long nights was behind them, and they could look forward to longer days and warmer weather. This was a time of huge celebrations. Livestock that could not be fed during the winter would be slaughtered and consumed, along with dairy products and fermented drinks like beer, mead, and wine. People would sing songs, play instruments, and jump over bonfires in honor of the sun. Mistletoe was used in celebrations because it was viewed as a symbol of immortality due to its ability to grow even during the winter months. People would hang bits of mistletoe above doorways and windows to keep away disease. The Norse celebrated the winter solstice with the Yule holiday, and this would begin on the winter solstice and would carry through into January, and this is because to celebrate the return of the sun, large logs would be set on fire and feasting would carry on until the logs burned out, which would take several days, and in some cases it could take up to 12 days, a link to the 12 days of Christmas perhaps? 
Moving on, the Romans also had a holiday for this time of year. Saturnalia was in honor of the god of agriculture, Saturn. This was an interesting time of the year where social rules were tossed out of the window. Slaves would be served by the masters. The forbidden game of gambling with dice was allowed. And it was generally a time of partying with lots of food and drink. As you can see, the end of December has been a festive time of year for a very large part of human history. Now, this is where Christianity enters the scene. Today, Christmas is a religious holiday honoring the birth of Jesus Christ on December 25th. Early Christians, however, did not celebrate the birth of Jesus. One reason is that the Bible doesn't actually mention a date for the birth. Actually, if one were to go off of context clues like the description of shepherds in the field, it's probably more likely that the birth of Jesus would fall closer to the springtime instead of December. But another reason was that celebrating birthdays was just not very popular back then. Instead, the church much preferred to celebrate the day of martyrdom for saints, martyrs, and even Christ. Now, when the decision was made to celebrate the birth of Jesus in the early 3rd century, so almost 200 years had gone by, January 6th was commonly chosen as the date to do so. About a century later, though, it was decided that December 25th was probably a more appropriate date and that the 6th of January would instead be the celebration of the Epiphany, which commemorates the arrival of the wise men in Bethlehem. Why the move? Well, the ongoing belief is that the church saw how many people still celebrated the pagan midwinter solstice and thought it would be in Christianity's best interest to turn the nativity of the sun into the nativity of the son of God. By the end of the 8th century, the celebrations of Christmas or Christ's mass had spread throughout mainland Europe, Britain, and Scandinavia. Despite the important religious context of Christmas, by the Middle Ages, the holiday was celebrated in a drunken and carnival-like atmosphere after church services ended. There were 12 full days of Christmas festivities leading up to January 6th, which was when presents would be exchanged. Elements of the Roman Saturnalia and Saxon Yule Feast were combined during this period. Spices such as cinnamon and cloves were of high value in medieval Europe, so using them for Christmas time was a special gesture and is partially why so many holiday beverages like eggnog, mulled wine, and hot cider contain these ingredients. Christmas thus became a widespread religious holiday while retaining much of the midwinter solstice's raucous celebration. In the 17th century, the Puritan pilgrims that settled North America wanted absolutely nothing to do with what they saw as decadence. So they did not celebrate Christmas. And in fact, from 1659 to 1681, Christmas was outlawed outright in Boston. Even after the American Revolution, Christmas was not celebrated as it was in Europe. It wasn't even declared a federal holiday until June 26, 1870. over there listening to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. So if you're already listening to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience, why not take that next step and head on over to themotleyexperience.com 
forward slash connect. Then all you got to do is enter your email address and you instantly become a part of the Motley Experience community. By doing this, you'll get the weekly insider newsletter that gives you all the latest and greatest from the Motley Experience, including updates from your favorite podcast, Stuff Explained. Again, themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect. There's absolutely nothing like having custom-made quality music for whatever your project might be. So if you're in the market for custom-made music, look no further than Retcon Industries. They provide tailor-made music for all sorts, whether it's professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers, and so much more. They can do it for you. So for more information, go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend Greg at retcongreg at gmail.com. Retcon Industries can also be found on Facebook and on Instagram at Retcon Industries. That's R-E-T-C-O-N Industries. Most of what we consider typical Christmas traditions today were actually born in the Victorian period of Great Britain. In the early 19th century, Christmas was barely considered a holiday by businesses. This all changed through a combination of social events over a span of only a few decades. So, for example, the tradition of setting up and decorating a Christmas tree is commonly attributed to Queen Victoria and her marriage to Prince Albert, who brought the German tradition with him in 1840. Common Christmas tree decorations of that time were candles, sweets, fruit, pine cones, and small gifts. The popularity of decorating evergreen trees quickly spread throughout Britain and the United States. During this time, industrialization made buying and sending Christmas cards more affordable, leading to it becoming a very lucrative industry that produced 11.5 million cards in 1880 alone. Christmas decorations also began receiving an upgrade at around this time as magazines became more popular and the urged homemakers, particularly the women of the household, to add a little bit more elegance to their surroundings. Gift giving became more central to Christmas and was moved from New Year. Gifts were more modest earlier on. They could be small handmade objects or fruits, nuts, or sweets. These soon would become larger and would be placed under the tree. Carols were not new to Christmas, but received a revival and popularization during the Victorian period. Many of today's carols actually come from the Victorian time period, such as Come All Ye Faithful. The first popular collection of carols was first published in 1833. This was also where the classic Christmas dinner came to be, with wealthy families switching from goose to turkey as the centerpiece of the meal. Turkey would become adopted as the meat of choice by the wider population towards the beginning of the 20th century. Charles Dickens' classic holiday tale, A Christmas Carol, was released in 1843. The novel struck a chord in Britain and the United States and had a large impact on the perception of the Christmas holiday as a time for peace, charity, and goodwill towards all mankind. As mentioned in last week's episode of Stuff Explained, go check it out, the mid to late 19th century also gave rise to the legend of Santa Claus as a key element of Christmas time. And again, for a more in-depth history, 
of Santa Claus, check out last week's episode, episode 19. The mid to late 19th century saw a great deal of social change and unrest due to the Industrial Revolution and its impact on families and children. It wouldn't be far-fetched to deduce that this renewed focus on Christmas as a family and children-oriented holiday could have been a sort of, um, of a backlash to the harsh working conditions faced by many in the middle and lower classes. The Victorian Christmas was very much an idealized one centered around family, peace, charity, and happiness. These ideals speak to a very human need for a pause from the everyday, a connection to community and expression of giving and receiving generosity. It is likely because of this that Christmas became so popular in the 19th century and why we still celebrate it much the same way nearly two centuries later. And that wraps up this episode of Stuff Explained on the History of Christmas. I hope you all enjoyed that. I certainly did in researching it and learning how, regardless of the period of time, regardless of what particular celebration, whether it was midwinter solstice, Saturnalia, or now Christmas, there is something special about the end of December going into January that humanity seems to all lean in towards about the the darkest night leading into brighter days to come. And so I want to leave you all off on tidings of joy and I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. And for those who don't celebrate, I hope you enjoy this time of year. Happy holidays. And I'll talk to you next week. Stuff Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marousas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themontleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening.